Welcome to the Ordinary Black Girl Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ordinary Black Girl Podcast. So we have been away for quite a while. This was not intended. Um, Things have just been really crazy, I think, in both of our lives. Um, And so we did need a hiatus. Um, Yeah, do you have anything to say to that regard? (laughs) Yeah, we were just, yeah, we've just been busy. And, you know, it's important, I think, for both of us that when we do take the time to record that um, we've given what we want to say thought and that it's going to be like interesting and of good quality. So we don't want to rush our episodes. So because we don't want to rush and because we have like a certain standard that we want to meet, um, sometimes it's just easier and better, I think, to push it back to when we do have the time to dedicate mm-hmm. to actually record like a good episode. Absolutely. And I'm excited about this episode. So yeah, I'm really excited <laughs> hopefully well. it was worth the wait. Yeah. And I also want to say, like, yeah, sustaining this show in the long term, like, we have realized now it it takes us a lot of time. It takes us a lot of hours of, like, research and everything and, like, finding guests and stuff and to put this podcast together. And one thing that you guys can really help us with right now in the meantime to help us grow is to write us a review. You guys have been writing really, really sweet, amazing reviews that I've seen. But if you guys could just like up the ante on that, that'll make it so that it's easier for people to discover our podcast um, when they're trying to find content like ours. So we would super, super, super appreciate if you guys could just like bombard us with reviews on, on Apple podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And like share the podcast with people as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Keep engaging with us on, on Instagram, tuning into our lives, all of that stuff. That's like all super, super helpful. So yeah, we're going to talk about black is King today. And we've been really excited for this conversation. Um, I've seen it one and a half times now. Um, Visually, it's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it first on my laptop, but then I watched it the second time, like on the TV, like with my family, with the surround sound on. And it was just like, so like, obviously Beyonce is like one of the best artists of all time. Um, I think we can say that with confidence now. Mm-hmm. Um, I already liked the music on it because we've had the album for how long, right? So yeah. I already liked the songs. So I, yeah. I don't have any problems with the songs. I like the songs. Yeah. Um, the visuals were beautiful. The outfits were beautiful. Yeah. The lighting was beautiful. The choreography. Obviously, like, we know Beyonce. Like, when she does things, she just does them at a particular quality. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, this was done at Incredible. the same Beyonce quality. Like, it was beautiful to watch. It was mesmerizing. It was definitely enjoyable. I'm probably going to watch it again. Like it's a, it's yeah. fun to watch. It's really, really Absolutely. entertaining. Yeah. And like when already came, like already was my favorite song on the album. So I was really mm-hmm. disappointed when the gift came out and there weren't music videos. Like it was just mm-hmm. like for bigger and spirit and already I love so much. So when that came out, I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then find your way back. Mm-hmm. Which is like my second favorite song on the album. Like that video was just like incredible spectacular after futurism in space and shit like i just love that so much mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite ones were Already and then the music video for Power because I really like mm. that song mm-hmm. and the dancing and like Blue Ivy was like wearing the cutest outfit on yeah. uh, the, my Power. Like all the, all the Blue Ivy cameos were like so cute and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those were probably like my favorite. And the like synchronized swimming sequence that they had during Mood Forever. Like that I was did. so beautiful. That was very, very beautiful. Yeah. It was. Yeah. There's a lot of like there's a lot of moments that like yeah can we also say like, what was the budget for this like apparently like, she did like pay for everything herself but like i mean what only beyonce could afford it that yeah. that was that was insane like, like the luxury the outfits alone like how yeah. much did the wardrobe cost them i have no idea that was insane beautiful outfits and you see them for like 10 seconds and then they're gone <laughs> i'm yeah. like wow like back to back beautiful outfit beautiful outfit beautiful like it was incredible the yeah. and then like that that visual of um i think it was at the end of was it at the end of already that she's standing there on like the top of that ladder thing and then her braids go all the way down to the ground oh my god there was so many like moments because yeah. there was a lot of like stills right i think it's in water of just like something gorgeous yeah. oh maybe it was in water yeah, yeah. when her yeah, braids were just like long oh, i was like god. how was like how, was how expensive was that wig like that that went like, on forever. I don't think it was like like pretend. I don't I don't know. I'm not good with like computers and stuff. So maybe they just edited it, but I doubt it. I bet you she like, yeah, she paid somebody to like braid a, a, a like a, a wig that would just go on forever. Like no, it was it was uh it was it was a beautiful like it was a it was a visually beautiful yeah. project. Obviously Beyonce's voice is beautiful. Yes. Um all the artists on it, the songs, and like, it was so say- nice to see Yummy Alade dancing yeah. and, like, Mr. Easy and, like, Tila Savage. Uh, it, I was sad that Burna Boy wasn't, like, physically yeah. in the album. Like, I was yeah. excited to see him, but, I mean, I know Burna Boy is, like, really popular and, like, busy and, like, his career is skyrocketing more every day, so I I'm also, sure, like, it was just, like, a timing conflict, but I wanted to see I have a slight conspiracy for why I don't think that he's in it, but we can get into that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, gosh... It was just so beautiful. Yeah. It was just so beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the the nitty-gritty of it all. So, like, when the film first came out, or I shouldn't even say when it first came out, when the trailer did, like, there were so many critiques coming out at Beyonce about mm-hmm. her, like, like romanticizing African culture um, and and stuff like that. And, like, before I even, like, read through those or anything i was seeing a lot of comments that were saying things like oh beyonce is just using african culture for clout um which then reminded me of and i don't know if you remember this from a few years ago but this was like all over twitter like african people in the states getting mad at african-american people for like appropriating african culture like and like wearing african clothes like dashikis and stuff and and you like using other things without understanding its cultural significance Mm-hmm. And I've always found those arguments to be kind of like tired and yeah. like annoying and insensitive. Cause I just feel like, like black people all over the planet have gladly taken from or participated in African-American culture in the fashion in the music. So that's like one reason why it's irritating. And then two, um, like I believe that African-American people, have a shared history with African people from the continent, right? Obviously, you know this. So I think they must be allowed to connect with the history and the culture of their ancestors before their ancestors were enslaved. So like tapping into that like pre-colonial Africa 
isn't or 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 the traditions and the religious things um i think that they have every right to do that um but you know then upon like further reading the critiques and the conversations that you and i have had um over the like the last week um because yeah it's only been out for a week right yeah um i've realized like the the performance for the white gaze that's like inherent in this film like in the story of the lion king like the need to associate ourselves with like kings and queens and wealth and and things like that in order to like defy white people's perception of us and how that isn't actually helpful for black liberation yeah no i mean like like i said at the top obviously i like liked a lot of things about the film i think beyonce is a really incredible artist so like the things that she does are extremely entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also interested, and I think it's worth it and valuable to have like an in-depth conversation about this project because Beyonce herself made big claims with the project, right? Mm-hmm. And I will say also that I think my politics on these kind of issues has really evolved because I remember like being really excited and happy when Black Panther was coming out and ultimately when it came out, like I wore some like... <laughs> African print dress and really went to the theater and was doing Wakanda signs with my friends like I was nothing but excited and happy when Black Panther came out and it wasn't Mm -hmm. even until maybe like a couple of months after I'd watched the movie that I started to see think pieces kind of like questioning how we view Africa and like Mm -hmm. that I gave any critical thought to this kind of like Wakandification of Africa idea and how that kind of story could be harmful Mm -hmm. and like Black Panther only came out in 2018 right so like it's only recently like I think if this movie had come out like two years ago I don't know if I would have had criticisms of it like I don't think my politics have evolved at that point I because I didn't have any negative association with Black Panther at the time but but now I feel like my politics has changed a lot from then can I say that like I feel like there's a huge difference between um between Black Panther and this film because I think with Black Panther like we're fully aware that the entire thing is just make-believe and that like Black like T'Challa himself is like the head of the nation, right? Yeah. So like you're looking at that person as like leadership and like everybody else who's living there is like not necessarily like royalty or anything like that. They're just people who are like living in the country. So we fully mm-hmm. know that this is like make believe that it's a superhero, that it's just like a beautiful fantasy. Yeah. As opposed to I think with with Black as King, Beyonce is saying that she is like wanting to flip the narrative and actually like make commentary on like what it is to be a a black person yeah i mean i i totally get that i also think that for african americans like africa is often a place of fantasy and imagination and if you Mm -hmm. even think about like who wrote the black panther movie and like where the black panther comic book idea came from like it's an african-american reimagination of an Afrofuturism. So like it's a bit of a different thing. I guess like that gets complicated in the diaspora because like what does it say if like you ha- like there's a place that you have of like fantasy and imagination but that place is also like a real place. Like mm-hmm. Africa cannot be this place that like holds all of all of our dreams and hopes and fantasies because right. like we end up erasing actual Africans, right? Mm-hmm. So and then I think that's like why But obviously, like, I definitely hold this project to, like, a higher level of criticism than I do something like Black Panther because I, like, ultimately, I think that she's making big statements, right? Like, even the title, Black is King, is a big statement in and of itself, right? Right. And it indicates that the project has something important and meaningful to say about Blackness. But then when you look at the claims, like, do they hold up? 
So when I looked at like what Beyonce said herself about the project, and like I'm reading here from her Instagram post. Mm-hmm. So this is like a companion piece to the gift soundtrack, which we've already heard and been bumping to. And she said, quote, it's meant to celebrate the breadth and beauty of black culture. She said, I believe that when black people tell our own stories, we can shift the axis of the world and tell our real, in capital letters, history of generational wealth and richness of soul that are not told in our history books. With this visual album, I wanted to present elements of black history and African tradition with a modern twist and a universal message and what it truly means to find your self-identity and build a legacy. She also said that it was important to create a film that instills pride and knowledge. So I'm just going to like point out what my critiques are and you can tell me what you think. So my first question is, what does she mean by real history? So like when she's saying the real history of generational wealth and richness of soul. So are the people in our history who are not wealthy or kings and queens not part of the real history? Like, I think that's a very problematic framing. What do you think? I I think (laughs) and like shout out to to Bobo Matjila from Bobo and Flex, but she was like, she was posting on her Instagram page and saying, okay, like your ancestors, you know, people from the continent were not kings and queens. They were, like, they were farmers and herders, like living together in a collective society. Like that's like, not what that is. So yeah, when she's talking about like generational wealth, I'm like, like I know the, like the tribes that like I am descended from, and I'm like, yeah. I don't think my people were living like that. Like, yeah. I don't think they were being governed by some, like, super, super rich king. Like, it was more of, like, a collective system, like, sh- like living off the land, sharing the land, sharing the resources. Mm-hmm. So this just, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And I think, like, and I don't know if you're getting to this, but what really irritated me uh, about, like, this yeah this kings and queens thing especially when we see the imagery and like specifically in mood right Mm -hmm. we see that she has like servants all around her like other black people right yeah and because i'm assuming they're servants right like why else are they just like chilling in in that huge mansion instead of their own homes you know if she's being waken up by the sound of a black woman like playing the violin like that's just like a fancy servant maybe they're like paid well maybe and they're like dressed well but you know they're not a king and queen it's also kind of silly like when you see things in your own culture just like I don't really know like what the artistic meaning behind some of the things are but like the Mm -hmm. lady that came to wake her up with the violin was like wearing a ghillie which is like a like a Yoruba like head covering I'm like so why is she like you wear ghillie to party a wedding like you wear ghillie to go and wake up your woman of the house like (laughs) it doesn't even make sense like it's kind of just random I'm like what is this this is silly like yeah this is kind of silly. Anyway, but it's continue. very, it was very coming to America. Like that's very all I much. got from it, which was why it was like, it's a very entertaining video to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, even when she's telling us to like stay in our struggle, <laughs> yeah. stay in, you know, the, the Ramada in while she's like living lavishly. It's still like, very entertaining to watch. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Beyonce. You work hard flex. But at the same time, I'm like, this isn't helpful. Like this narrative doesn't, like do anything to liberate me and like other black folks so and she's keeps talking about like oh like because she says um the part of like african history that's not told to us in our history books but like this is the hotep's been talking about kings and queens (laughs) like the hoteps have whole albums movies 
books museums of king and queenness so like right. i'm i'm not really like sympathetic to the world view that like no one is saying this this is the dominant view of like african americans the people in the diaspora everyone is clamoring over themselves to discuss this king and queen narrative, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If all of our art is about this mystical past, this black kingdom, this mystical future, where, where are the real Africans that are not mystical, that are not kings and queens, that were not kings and queens in the past, are not kings and queens now? And mm -hmm. I think all of this like ties into the second criticism of like, is Africa's past like a real thing or is it a story that we tell ourselves to feel better, right? Because she said... <laughs> She wanted to create a film that instilled pride and knowledge. But sometimes I worry that if we're interested in feeling good, then we are yeah. about telling the truth of the past or the present. Mm -hmm. And we can't really like, like explore the ways in which there's good and bad. Like, do we need to romanticize our history to have pride in our ancestors? Right. Because I don't think that I need to have a romantic view of the people on the continent. Like they can be regular human beings that had good and bad in them. Some of who were kings, some of who were queens, some of who were slaves. Like there was mm -hmm. slavery on the continent before... Um, white people even got there and there was the transatlantic slave trade right there was kingdoms there was battles there was yeah. hierarchies like i don't need to have a romantic view of my ancestors to admire that they endured slavery and colonialism and all of this stuff right yeah. like i would say that i would me. Mm -hmm. yeah i just would say that like the legacy of like chattel slavery is like that much worse like i feel like that conversation is like beyond beyond the scope of like what we're going to talk about today but just mm -hmm. just want to make sure we, but like there mm -hmm. was hierarchies in place in there africa before where people got there right yeah, if there's kings and queens that means that there's people that weren't kings and queens so mm -hmm. like to say that we can look at the past and it's only romantic and we can't have like a class analysis of pre-colonial africa is mm -hmm. incorrect like you could have a class analysis of pre-colonial africa yeah. because there was hierarchies of power mm -hmm. so it's there was it it's, it's not like, I don't think you have to be romantic about it because if you are, how do you then discuss those things? Some of which like um, endured colonialism mm -hmm. and like remain in African culture today. Yeah. Right? Not everything that our ancestors gave us is good. Like if my ancestor gave me something that's useless, I'm going to throw it away. I think part of it too is that my experience of my African culture, it's difficult for me to romanticize that because mm -hmm. like, I'm living in the culture. So like the good, the bad, all of it, like I have to wrestle with it to like right. live my life. Right. Whatever is good in my Nigerian culture, give it to me. Whatever mm -hmm. is bad, whatever is sexist, whatever is oppressive, I'm a throw it away. Like it's mm -hmm. less, it's, it's, it's not as easy to have a romantic view of a culture that you exist in and live in. Mm -hmm. Right. I have to like exist within the confines of whatever Nigerian culture has come to be, whether it was influenced by the things of the past, things of colonialism, right? And that's mm -hmm. the thing, culture is not static. Yeah. It's been influenced by so many things and like so much happened, even pre-colonialism, right? There was so much like things happening on the continent. This tribe will take over that tribe, did it. People are fighting. So culture was always being influenced and never like in a place that, was, that wasn't in flux mm -hmm. because people were always, somebody was conquering somebody. Yeah, right? I would just say though that like culturally, I, I think that, yeah. People just need to be careful when they're going and looking at like pre-colonial Africa for like all of the answers. Because I yeah. think that there are lots of arguments that you can make that, it, you know, like we know about like what the harms of colonialism were. Yes. And so, yes, it's like taking the good, but also recognizing that there was bad and like allowing ourselves to, to like move forward, move forward with exactly. the good, which she definitely isn't doing, but also like the history that she 
is acknowledging is like non-existent. Mm-hmm. Like it also just seems like could just completely inaccurate. Like we don't know what place she's really talking about. And, exactly. and I will say too, like at first I thought that the criticisms of, you know, this like black and like black uh, kings and queens narrative was just like the criticisms were too much. And then I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts and the hosts of that podcast are like both like black people in the States. And, you know, the comments that they were making about like, oh, this made me feel so connected to like my culture and my Africanness. And like, I'll show this to my children. And then it just like reminded me of the comment that you said about like, Hotep showing this to their kids is like a documentary like, of Africa. Literally, that's this like this is so Hotepish. Like it is so Hotepish. I'm so yeah. confused mm-hmm. who <laughs> is part of this project. Like it is mm-hmm. so confusing how Hotepish this is. Yeah. Like literally, Hoteps are on Twitter and social media every day saying kings and queens, and everybody's laughing at them. And then Beyonce does it. And everyone's like, okay, it's not funny anymore. We like it now. <laughs> Is this not the same hotepness while laughing at every other day of the week? Yeah, yeah. Like, we could at least admit there's a lot of hotepery. Like, definitely. Whatever the reason is, whatever the rationale is, there is a lot of hotepery. And I think it's also because another problem the source material sucks like if you want to say something meaningful and useful about blackness to the people of the diaspora to the people of africa to the black people in the world altogether Mm -hmm. why would you start with the source material of lion king lion king was written by white people by and it's a movie by disney Mm -hmm. it's such a forced narrative like trying to be like um, and, oh, and the story of Lion King has something meaningful to say about Black people? It doesn't. Like, where does it say that? It was claiming to have that. And another thing on top of that, the irritating thing that I found out about the Lion King is, like, the amount of people that were, like, voiced by, like, by white people. Like, even mm-hmm. when you look at Simba, the the voice actor was white, but then all the, like, the singing was done by a Black boy. It was done by Jason Weaver. It's so silly. And the purpose of that is is what? You could have just had Jason Weaver also doing, like, the voice acting on it as well. Like, and the, even in the remake, they yeah. like, had African-American people voicing it, and it's, like, supposed to be somewhere in Tanzania or something, or Kenya or something. Like, it's not correct. Yeah, That's it's not what they like sound hodge, like. Hodge of things. Of randomness, right? Yeah. And it's, like... If you're just like, this is a beautiful album that's supposed to go along with the story of the Lion King, and that's mm-hmm. all it is, cool, it's beautiful. But if yeah. you try to make it about some deep, like this is supposed to say something deep about what Africanness is, mm-hmm. the Lion King is not the right starting point, And no, that's why you not. run into a lot of problems, right? So trying to force the metaphor on top of the Lion King, I think that also led to some of the problems that she ended up running into with this project. Mm-hmm. I think I, I um, will say, though, like a lot of people were saying that they it homogenized Africa too much like the film um by like drawing from too many different like African cultures that critique I don't like very much though because Mm -hmm. I feel like if she's creating this like piece of art that like African people everywhere or specifically like this movie really is made for like the audience is African-American people mainly yeah, that and seems if African Americans are descended from a you know a a ton of different tribes because that's that's how you know the, what came out of the um, transatlantic slave trade is like people were taken from multiple different areas. Like I think it's completely fine to like draw 
from different places. So I'm just going to say that. I really appreciate that critique very much. But Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I think like even the idea of like pan-Africanness and like pan-Blackness, like it becomes very, very complicated because like what ultimately connects black people to each other which is like obviously a very deep question to explore mm-hmm. um it's difficult i'm not going to necessarily like dog her for like trying to explore that by like having mm-hmm. a bunch of different cultures i mean i think i think it's complicated especially for people like african americans who again like we said don't necessarily know where exactly their ancestry links to so i think mm-hmm. it's a bit of a different situation mm-hmm. but um like getting away from kind of like the specific claims that like she made about it and just like getting into like the meat of the criticisms the first one which like we alluded to already but like we can just like dig deeper into now is this Mm -hmm. whole idea of like why we have to connect blackness to royalty for blackness to be valuable because for me like I just think that metaphor is like quite lazy and inaccurate. I found yeah. this quote from an article by Damien Young from like The Root. It's really funny. Okay. And I just feel like it's really perfectly worded. Like I didn't even want to paraphrase him. I'm just read it directly. He said, okay. if you're from a place where kings and queens existed, there's a small chance you actually directly descended from them. And a much, 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 much larger chance you descended from people who were ruled by them. And if history is any guide, if you happen to be from a place with an unfathomably wealthy ruling class, that unfathomable wealth most likely ended with the ruling class. Everyone else was either some version of middle class, not very likely, or a peasant, much more likely. Mm-hmm. So I think like the metaphor is lazy and it's also incorrect. It's not the case that we're all kings and queens because that's not how hierarchy works. So like yeah, that is the absolutely. first thing that's annoying about it. Absolutely. And then I'll just add that I don't think the idea of black as king was like well explored as a thought. Like I think she just made it black as king because it connects well with the Lion King title. Cause I'm mm-hmm. not convinced that if you have free reign to use any description or title you want and you go and do a genuine exploration of the history of Africa, African mm-hmm. culture, African ancestry, all of this, that the best metaphor and title that you would come up with is black as king. Because you Absolutely. see hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of people who were goat herders and farmers and fishers. And then you come to the conclusion that black is king. Like, I just don't think that's an honest reflection of like a deep dive into African ancestry. Right, but I don't, that's the thing. I'm not saying that we should not have expected more of Beyonce because she has Mm -hmm. the tools to do more, but I don't know that she was like, the source material is trash. Like, I don't think she really even clocked that because I think in her hotepery, she was like, yeah, black is king and I'm going to like make this film and I'm going to dedicate it to my son so he sees like value in himself because there's a bunch of like, throughout the entire film, it's like littered with like, quotes and stuff and and like black men speaking on like what it means to be a king and like taking care of your responsibilities and i'm like why is why is that even the language though yeah like we can talk about having those like morals and things without necessarily um making like king the the word that we're going to use to describe like those attributes Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really problematic. I am. Um, so there's that Essence article mm-hmm. um, that uh, entitled Why We Must Be Careful When Watching Black is King, which I think had a bunch of really, really great quotes as well mm-hmm. that I'd also like to share. So the first one that I really liked was um, our beloved Toni Morrison told us, The very serious function of racism is distraction. It keeps you explaining 
over and over again your reason for being. Somebody Mm. says you have no language and you spend 20 years proving that you do. This has been our struggle as Black people, living under the blinding effects of the white gaze by continuously proving that we are worthy and even more harshly by participating in structures that uphold whiteness, such as capitalism and imperialism, under the guise of Black power. Hmm. Which I thought, oh my gosh, what? That's so poignant. It's so good. It's, it's so tr- I really feel like, in a lot of ways, it's like a this film is a response to the white gaze. And I think yeah. that's why if you want to connect with your Africanness, quote unquote, and you're coming from the perspective of an African-American or like a Canadian, African-Canadian or whatever, like you're someone in the diaspora, mm-hmm. you have to be like, is my Americanness, is my Canadianness overwhelming the way I look at this? Because yeah, yeah when you're responding to the white gaze and the claims that white people make about black people, mm-hmm. that we're subhuman, that we're slaves, that we're poor, that we're unintelligent, mm-hmm. rather than just being like, I'm a human being that has inherent value. You are forced to be like, I'm a king, I'm a queen, I'm royal, I'm yeah. the divine mother goddess. Like, <laughs> you have to say all of this stuff because you're been, you're being told that your humanity is insufficient. Exactly. Even even and, that whole like, oh, um, black women are like the original woman, and therefore we have like all like in our mitochondrial DNA is like everything that creates every human being. And I'm just like the like the misinformation in that like that's not even accurate. Like the like original Eve that they found, I don't know, from however many millions of years ago in East Africa, she had that. We're descended from her. The black women existing today are like the rest of the black women on this planet. Like we really yeah. are doing too much. Black people are constantly, we're constantly doing this thing. Like I've done it too, where they'll like show black people in poverty in Africa on the screen. And you're like, why aren't you showing our skyscrapers? Why aren't you showing our mas- mansions? You know, and I, there is, there are problems with constantly depicting like Africans as being poor, like it feeds into this white savior complex and all that shit. But it mm-hmm. ultimately, like our entire lives cannot be consumed with proving our humanity to black people. And we had a discussion earlier this week about brown skin girl kind of mm-hmm. being that as well. And like, so the critique of that is that it's like, it's for, it's for the white gaze, like having to constantly prove, oh no, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful. And like, like Brown Skin Girl to me is like really affirming. I think it's like a wonderful, like beautiful song. You know, I'll probably play for my daughter as well, especially if she's like living in this world, mm-hmm. right? In this world yeah. that I grew up in, I think it will be very helpful for her to hear. But if I'm being honest, I like this song, so nobody come for me. But when that song comes on and I'm listening to the gift, I skip it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, it's not even like, like the bop for me on there. I'm just like, this is really great. It like made me feel good for a bit, but I'm like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to like, listen to that all the time. And I also think that it's important, like not to try to dismantle like the master's house with his own tools. Yes. Because that's the same rationale. White people, white people been trying to use history, science, anthropology, genetics to d- claim their superiority right? Mm-hmm. They're like, these are all the reasons why black people should be subjugated. These are all the right reasons why white people are like genetically superior and mm-hmm. like doing, using all of this stuff to um, justify 
oppression, right? So right. it's important not to like do the same thing and be like, actually, the history book actually said we're better than you, so <laughs> we should be in charge. Like, don't yeah. the Stop whole argument that. is stupid. Yeah. Humanity is sufficient. All yeah. of this actually, my great 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 grandfather, his answer, his blood is like no, because the white people that feel the need to go and look at Vikings to feel good about themselves and all that shit, the ones that are obsessed with their history and take pride in it and like the Aryan race, those people are white supremacists. Those people are crazy. <laughs> right yeah. so like yeah. let's be careful about what what we are using history to justify like mm-hmm. do not become like your oppressor in yeah. your like don't use his tools question his tools question the whole yes. arrangement yes. of the rationale because the rationale doesn't make sense it's exhausting like, for sure also shout out to audrey lord that yeah like for yeah exactly like the master's <laughs> tools the master's house yeah. yeah audrey lord we love it we love it and then i think so the second issue i had too was that like the kind of like the tone deafness of the title mm-hmm. because like this romantic of being this romanticizing of being ruled under kings while america is under the rule of the king donald trump <laughs> is quite funny like yeah do, are we really saying like birthright and all of that is completely antithetical to democracy and justice first of all mm-hmm. and yeah, because like if you're in a position of power, you should be there because you deserve to be there, because you treat people properly, because you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Telling men that they're born into kingship and therefore deserve to be in charge of women, like you know how you were saying the whole like king thing, take care of your yeah. that whole like benevolent patriarch story, right. which we're gonna get into next. Um, it's not redeeming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't really make sense when you think about how much gendered violence there is yeah. against children, women, house helps, basically all the people that live under the quote unquote head of the household, right? Mm-hmm. Like when all the Black Lives Matter stuff was happening, a lot of people posting black squares in Nigeria were bringing awareness to gendered violence, like the killing of girls, the killing of women, rape, like mm-hmm. horrible gendered violence, right? So all of this, like the kingship will save us is, yeah. is wrong on the micro level. Then on mm-hmm. the macro level, there's so many king-like dictator figures in Africa past and present, right? And they cause harm. These politicians who think they're kings, who are out here killing, oppressing, making life difficult for Black people on the continent. Like, Mm -hmm. kingship doesn't take into account intergroup oppression. Not Mm -hmm. all Black people in history were kings. Not all Black people today are kings. And even what added to it that was unfortunate was that the same day that Black is King was released, the Zimbabwean government was out here arresting protesters, putting people in jail. Like, there are kings in power in Africa right now causing people to suffer a lot. So I just feel like that king narrative, it's tone deaf to the people on the continent. Definitely. I, I really like that you brought up the point about that benevolent dictator, mm-hmm. you know, that b- benevolent, like, patriarch who's going to, like, take care of his shit and everybody's going to be happy. Because um, I think that that is, like, and I don't see a lot of people making this critique, but this entire film is super, super heteronormative. So heteronormative. Um, And also, like, I, it, it bothered me too. Okay, so the video for My Power, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, this is like throughout the entire film. It's, it's, yeah. it's like this, right? Like the, the women are more like background characters to, than, than anything throughout the entire thing. But like in My Power, like there's a bunch of pregnant women in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was supposed to be like, oh yeah, like women's power and like birthing kings. And like building a nation like that way, raising children, having children. And it's like, even as somebody who, like, I can't like wait to have kids. I want a ton of kids. I've always wanted to be a mom. Like that's something I know that will be of like immense importance for me. Mm -hmm. I just, it just felt, 
again, it felt hotepi. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, the, like, the gender essentialism. Yes. Blackness being about the heteronormative family with the queen mother and the king father, like, yeah. I thought... I thought we'd move past that, right? Because, and <laughs> yeah. it becomes complicated because if womenness equals childbearer, what ends up happening to the women who are unmarried, unable mm-hmm. to have children, do not want to have children, right? Like mm-hmm. it's two sides of the ca- same co- coin. Mm-hmm. If your value as a woman is in childbearing, is in being the mother goddess, mm-hmm. that explains why women who choose not to have children are unable to have children are very oppressed in those same cultures. Like if you are African and you know women who didn't have children were unable to have children, it is very difficult because the same way that we have all this ancestral, um, these ideas about like goddess mothers and fertility and all that. Mm-hmm. Then the flip side of that logic is that if you don't have children, if you're not blessed with children, mm-hmm. if you have a child and the child dies by miscarriage or something, it's because you're cursed. It's because the gods are angry with you because the mm-hmm. gods are the goddess mothers and all of this. So like right. that um, gender essentialism can end up being harmful to African women and black people mm-hmm. in the diaspora as well. Absolutely. And then obviously... LGBTQ plus people were just left out of the narrative, which mm-hmm. I think is such a loss given like how attacked LGBTQ plus people are on the continent. Like mm-hmm. in a- how many African countries is it, is it like illegal to even like be like LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. right? Where so it's unfortunate. Like in a lot of cultures, like pre-colonially was not. Yes. And so like actually tapping into that history of is queerness, like, right? yeah. yeah, is is now embracing queerness and understanding that we didn't have this history at least like from what I'm aware of of the the different tribes and things that I've read about where I'm from we didn't have this history of discriminating against queer against queer people yeah no it's really difficult because and when you just think about the violence against like the LGBTQ plus community and like trans women like on the continent even in America it's like unfortunate that that was left out of the storyline because I feel Mm -hmm. like that could have been such a like a like a place of redemption yeah. and like tagging on to like the gender essentialism obviously like we've talked we like touched on it but like mm-hmm. deep dive into like the patriarchal narrative here mm-hmm. um yeah like the patriarchy really just jumped out for me because <laughs> especially when the guy like defined being a king basically as like the benevolent patriarch which is like bell hooks term but it basically like speaks of this like man of the household idea so mm-hmm. towards like the end of the film you hear like this voice and the guys being like it's like an african-american voice and he's saying that's what really being a king is taking care of your responsibilities and making sacrifices that i may or may not want to make sometimes we can't go out we gotta work you know what i'm saying that's kingship to me taking care of what's really yours your kids your family you know what i mean taking care of people that's kingship to me mm-hmm. so basically it's like kingship is pride and manhood being responsible for your household and the people in it and like why i'm saying that that story of the benevolent patriarch or like the man of the house is harmful is because mm-hmm. okay well first of all what is the story so the story is that you know the male patriarch makes choices that are in the best interest of his family he's the head of the house he has a wife and children who are dependent on him for their needs and he's the good provider who makes dispassionate rational decisions about what's in the best interest for his society I mean, for his, for his family. And that's kind of like the model that society is built on. Mm-hmm. But the model is broken for a lot of reasons. First of all, the way capitalism is set up, this isn't even true. How many people can, how many black people in the diaspora can get a good job that allows them to even do this, right? Mm-hmm. Capitalism doesn't even make this, first of all, that is the first like cognitive dissonance. And then another problem arises because like this is, I'm quoting from Iris King here. 
Central to the logic of masculinist protection is the subordination of those in the protected position. Mm-hmm. If the man is the person in charge and responsible for the house and the women and the children, by necessity, everybody else is subordinate to him. And if you think about that concept of like the head of the house, the everything is below on your body, everything beneath your, like everything's beneath your head, right? So mm-hmm. it just further goes to this idea of like, when you think about like how that plays out, right? If you have this idea of the household being under threat, you can't have like divided walls and divided wills. So you get into the thing where like the children, the women have to like quiet their needs and focus on the quote unquote protection of the household. And the way that plays out in the larger society is you have these like masculine leaders being like, this is the agenda of the society. This is the agenda of the community. And that's exactly what happens in like the black community during all this Black Lives Matter stuff. When black women are like, y'all don't treat us properly. You people mistreat women and children. They're like, oh, you can't divide the black community right now. We need p- to protect ourselves. The black, like this is li- this kind of thinking like literally causes so many issues within the community. Mm-hmm. If like the protection of the community is put at the feet of black men, they are going to guard their own interests. Yes. They always yes. do that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that they can be trusted. <laughs> when you just right. said that, it just made me laugh. When you're like, yeah, putting putting that much on black women, on black men, like has historically shown us that's not really in all of our best interest. Like that's why I always get confused with like the femininity people who are like every other culture the men take care of the women and like why do black women have to fight i'm like i fight for my rights because nobody's out here trying to fight for them for me so like if some man is going to come and speak on my behalf and say a bunch of things that are wrong and don't actually free me or liberate me Mm -hmm. best believe i will grab the microphone myself and speak my own liberation into existence because i don't know what he thinks is going to liberate me he might have the completely wrong idea of what my liberation is and then, and then they're speaking about sacrifices and making sacrifices. But who, who is really sacrificing? Who really sacrifices? Yeah. And I like really you, you said that you, this song was a, a place of redemption. And like that made me think of, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but Burn a Boy song for... Oh, the like, like Jara, that Jara Jara song? Jara Jara A. Uh, ja, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. But... I felt like that was, like, if you are paying attention to the lyrics and, like, when you pay attention to Burna Boy's lyrics, like, I feel like he's constantly talking about, like, like, the the real, like, struggle and then, like, coming up out of that, you know? And so, I don't know. Sometimes I, I kind of feel like maybe he wasn't a part of this because of, like, how he views his own music and how he writes and stuff and his, like, mm-hmm. connection to, like, Felo Kuti and, like, all the work that mm-hmm. that he's done like a lot of these um artists who were coming out of africa were constantly like criticizing the government like we had this conversation um mm-hmm. and the like blackest king didn't really leave a lot of room for that but i don't know maybe none of that is true and he is just a very busy man maybe it's just like, like for me i just have a really difficult time like reconciling the beyonce of like lemonade Mm-hmm. I feel like that album and the visual had like such a feminist ethic to it. Yeah. To like the Beyonce of Black is King that like has this utopia of the heterosexual family and like patriarchy is gonna save us. Like mm-hmm. I am having a difficult time reconciling that narrative. Um 
But see, this is a discussion we've had again, and this goes back to the Black femininity thing. I think mm-hmm. that with Black women, that level of cognitive dissonance, abs- like it absolutely makes sense. Because I feel like in one hand, yeah, we're like fighting for these like, for these feminist ideas and like way of life and like recognizing our humanity as women. But then at the same time, like we want these romantic relationships that are going to like make us feel safe and comfortable and happy. And how do we have that? Like the only way to have that and really be happy is to completely just like submit and compromise on everything Mm. to this, um, to this benevolent patriarch. Because at the end of the day, if he's a good guy, is he really going to oppress you? He's like going to give you what you need. You're just going to have to like shut the fuck up and not argue with him too much about everything and like let him have his way. And ultimately you'll be happy because you'll have this man and you'll have this family and you'll have this happy home. So I think that that's why it's like, it's easy for people to do that. Cause we were, again, we're having a conversation about how, like, how are the same, the audience of like for Harriet, and and Julesy, like how are they like the same people or are they even the same people who are like watching the black femininity videos right because yeah when you watch for harriet and you watch Julesy, like neither of them are giving dating advice right and it's like not that kind of channel but i think like those two things definitely just like coexist yeah no i think it's really difficult to follow through with a feminist ethic like I think it's easy to use feminism to complain about men Mm -hmm. um, when they're annoying you (laughs) and then like turn around and throw it away and be like never mind I like this man now like I don't want to have a I don't want to give like a feminist analysis to to him or to like romantic relationships or to anything like Mm -hmm. I think if you really want to follow through like with feminist criticisms and analysis it can be like difficult to like know when to use it and when not to use it because I am sympathetic to the idea that like colonialism and slavery and oppression of black people has done harmful things to the black nuclear family like I'm totally sympathetic to that and I totally understand why people feel happy to see black families intact and in love Mm -hmm. but I also don't want people to again use the master's tools and believe that that is the only um axes on which black people can like be happy and whole like some Mm -hmm. people are not going to have that like perfect family with the husband and the wife and the 2.5 children and that doesn't mean that they're not flourishing that they're not thriving that they're not happy just because people are in single parent homes just because people are unpartnered you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like we have to also like push back against that and like not let our flourishing be tied to that type of story as well and it's difficult to hold those two in, in like Mm-hmm. like to hold those two together right and I also another point I just was gonna make about like the whole queen bee thing I was just thinking about how like Beyonce fans have been trifling like the beehive has yeah. been going crazy they literally ran that like the scholar that came up with the Wakandification, Jade Bentle they ran her off Twitter anyway so I-, I think it's really interesting because I think they kind of like the reason that they like all this king and queen stuff is because like they themselves buy into it like they call Beyonce queen bee right they don't want anyone to question anything she does. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, that is royalty right there. Like, th- yeah, are you yeah, saying definitely. Beyonce is the queen and we can't yes. have a critical dialogue about her arts? Like, Absolutely. They're invested. Like, that's why they like this royal but metaphor. But also, because- like, you're not a, like, a king and queen yourself. Like, all these, like, the beehive is crazy. Like, I'm a Beyonce fan, but I will never be anybody's stan. Like, they no. are just 
it's weird to be that obsessed with anybody ever. Like that doesn't make any it sense. Is. And like we're making all these critiques and we're gonna go watch this film again several times. Like it's very entertaining. And is it not more fun to like watch things and then consume things and like explore the world with like your whole brain? Like I can watch it <laughs> and enjoy it <laughs> and also not be like, this is the history of Africa. You know what I mean? I can hold both of those together. I can look at it for what it is, a nice, beautiful piece of art and like enjoy it. <laughs> so funny. But like, I don't need it to like have, yeah. make all these claims about my blackness. I don't need it to do that. Mm-hmm. And if it's trying to do that, to the extent that it does that, and I think it's wrong, I can say, I think those things are wrong. But I do think that what's beneficial about it is A, B, C, D. And I went at the beginning and I said, I think it's beautiful. I liked the visuals. I liked the designs. Like there's a lot of things I liked about it. A lot of the conversation that we're having about like the critiques are like higher level things, yeah. right? Like these are like just... another deeper level of analysis is what it requires for you to see these like complaints that we're making it's not like obvious off the cuff Mm -hmm. because obviously and I think this kind of like ties into like the last few points is just like the whole film feels like a response to the white gaze right and that's absolutely that's really what the what the biggest the biggest problem is and then yeah like it's this whole thing of some things hoteps will show their children (laughs) when they teach them about about Africa and um the last point I wrote down that I just wanted to bring up is that capitalism is not liberating absolutely not um and I wrote here that like mood forever and like the wealthy images because I know you were talking about this alpha like the servants and like what does that do for the black people on the continent no and that's the crazy thing and I'm so happy you brought up this whole like beehive queen bee thing because it doesn't make sense she has servants in her home all those people who were swimming in the pool with her all those like men in the suits just standing on her lawn just standing around all wearing the same clothing (laughs) the people who are like waking her up who are just like sitting around her house like like are they family are they just like there to to chill or are they like Mm -hmm. I mean, even if they're, like, other royalty and we're, you know, hearkening back to the images of, like, ladies in waiting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the, they're not the king and queen. Like, the king and queen there were Jay-Z and Beyonce. Exactly. Right? So, like, what, what purpose do the rest of us serve? Do we not have, like, an important story as well? Or are we just supposed to, like, idealize these people who aren't, aren't really doing too much for us Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no I don't um I don't even know like I I was sympathetic to the criticisms because I think also just because like the last big African-American piece of art that came out that had anything to do with Africa was Black Panther Mm. and then this comes out and they all kind of feel like they're in the same vein so now I'm becoming more sympathetic to that view of like there is one view of Africa and like quote unquote connecting to the my African traditional roots means looking for like pretty things that are aesthetic. Yeah. And that just doesn't seem that authentic to me. Like I'm sympathetic mm-hmm. to the view that like she did the best that she could. Um and like maybe she just doesn't know better. But like I also do think that like I hope she does take the criticism in and like take something from it because I don't yeah. think that she has bad intentions of trying to connect to her roots. Mm-hmm. I, I think, just think yeah, like sometimes the way. Americanness, you know. Yeah, it's a sad way to try and connect to our roots. I think like clearly we just like need more art. Disco- um, discussing this stuff, right? Yeah, well, we also just like need more variety. We need like more black artists um, to create stuff that like is mediocre 
and art that is fantastic and art that is like supposed to you know have these incredible messages to them that are you know creating epiphanies in all of us or whatever and then other ones that are just like oh this is really fun to look at this makes me feel pretty you know which I think is also fine which is why I guess I don't have as much of an issue with like Black Panther because I'm like this is a fantasy it's just fun they're like flying in spaceships they have um whatever their their resources I don't remember what it what the name of it is right now but that like makes them the richest like country on the on the planet oh like vibranium 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 (laughs) i remember after that movie everybody was like i got vibranium in my blood man we were really hype wow that was embarrassing because because it but it was fun though like why not it was was just like it was was cute like if we're living in this world where like our clothes are still like very african because we're just like embracing that we get to just like look amazing our skin is flourishing (laughs) <laughs> our hair is yeah. flourishing it's Everybody. just great like creating that fantasy I don't think that there's, there's like anything wrong with that I think we just need a variety of things and like had Beyonce not made the claims that she had it would have yeah. been fantastic we would have been like yeah this is the Lion King like we're not expecting exactly. a deep story from this exactly. it's pretty this little boy is, is Simba this like you know creepy guy with the with the drums and on the motorcycle and stuff or whatever that's scar and that's like super scary and stuff and beyonce's outfits are amazing these videos are incredible and we would have just been like this is what it is i'm just going to keep enjoying this but you can't then make it like commentary about blackness like make those claims and then like not have people be like "Mm, actually no yeah incorrect yeah and I, at this point, just because, like, the beehive has been so intense in terms of, like, going after people that are criticizing the film, mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, if she doesn't say something about, like, just encouraging critical dialogue on her work, she's almost complicit. Like, I don't think Beyonce is personally responsible for her fans um, mm-hmm. attacking people online. But, like, that Jade Bentle, like, the woman that came up with Wakandification, she literally, like, deactivated her Instagram and her Twitter because she was yeah. getting so harassed by beehive people so i feel like i would really appreciate it if beyonce would like especially too because her mom also like doubled down and was like people need to stop criticizing beyonce because like she's just trying to connect to her roots and like do you just want pictures of black people being slaves all the time like yeah why are those the two things that we get to choose from two options also i'll say that like i think she's more than complicit i don't think anybody from beyonce's camp like even her mom is gonna like make a comment and not be like hey Beyonce are you okay with me saying this you know yeah so I think that like this is how she feels about it and that's 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 problematic yeah like yeah I think they need to make a statement and be like yeah like if I'm I'm so glad that you guys are you know having a good time but like you need to stop bullying people on the internet please mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would really appreciate a behind post to the people that are doing that. Actually, I wanted to add one more one more quote because I didn't say it earlier, but it was from that Essence article. And I think yeah. it was, it's really good. And it talks about, you know, dismantling the, the, the master's house with the master's tool. So mm. it goes, honoring our ancestors isn't about creating false illusions of who they were or how they lived. Being dishonest to ourselves with these royal narratives ingrained in the elite extravaganza of the continent won't change the fact that the master's tools will not dismantle the master's house. Shout out to Audre Lorde. Black capitalism, black imperialism, black monarchies were never our freedom. 
and they won't be even even if we add black faces to these systems they will still oppress the black community since they are rooted in anti-blackness and i was like yeah all of amen that. all of that and i and that's why like i think also just like the lens that Beyonce looked at this with and the lens that like a lot of African-American people look at these issues with is like all about racism. Mm -hmm. But that story becomes more complicated when you get onto the continent and you see systems of oppression that are not simply about racism. Like, yes, there's rich, powerful white people in control in like major conglomerates that control things that make African people poor and all of that. Mm -hmm. But there's also like oppression on class lines. There's gender depression. There's so much oppression that is outside of racism on the continent of Black people oppressing each other. So like your criticism cannot simply be of like, if you're on the continent trying to have freedom for the people on the continent, your criticism cannot only be against the white man, mm -hmm. right? Like, because we have presidents, we have prime ministers in power that are oppressing us. So it's mm -hmm. like, you you have to question capitalism whether it's white man's capitalism or black man's capitalism you have to question imperialism whether it's white man's imperialism or black man's imperialism because for the people in africa it's at the hands of all of the above right so i think that that's like really the case and i hope that when like african-american people or people in the diaspora mm -hmm. make art about the continent they can appreciate how those systems of oppression exist mm -hmm. um across race absolutely right so mm -hmm. yeah that was a really beautiful quote that that's that's a good yeah note. that that's that article was was so well written and if anything like so thankful that people are engaging in these conversations mm -hmm. um because i'm i'm learning a lot honestly. yeah no it's actually yeah. it's very interesting i've there was a lot of really interesting conversations happening before the beehive scared everybody on twitter but yeah <laughs> yeah and um, i don't think i would have even like really confronted my own like problematic ideas and stuff had it not been for this like film coming out and then people being like, these are all the ways that this is trash, right? Because I think like I had an inkling watching, you know, seeing the trailer and seeing the film, you're like, okay, like some of this is a little off. And then when you really dive into it, um, there's a lot to to discover there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, share with us your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you guys think. Maybe we'll make like a post about it on our Instagram so we can have some dialogue. If you guys listen to the episode, let us know which, what do you agree with? What don't you agree with? Did you watch it? What do you think? We, we want to know what y'all think. Talk to us. Tell us what you think. Tell us how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, we will see y'all very soon. Very, very soon. Okay, have a, have a good week, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.